Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Abreu massacres this ball to left center field. Donna goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left. Angling 25-20. Got a block for Brown. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Don't win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Trubisky's going to run it. And he is going to get a first down. How about Trubisky to the 42-yard line? Oh, my goodness. In the ring. Steamboat's got him up. A slam. Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Welcome into Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. Sitting in for Jonathan Hood tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. We are live from the first Midwest Bank Studios. On State Street in downtown Chicago, we are here till 10 o'clock tonight. We are open for business and your phone calls at 312-332-3776. Or you can tweet at us on Twitter. We'll get back to you throughout the show. Lots to do tonight, Abdallah. Lots to do this hour at 7.30. We will talk with Tony Andraki from NBC Sports Chicago. Cubs reporter on the Chicago Cubs. Big weekend, uh, weekend for the Cubs where they get swept by the Nationals. Big weekend in a neg- negative fashion. Mm. But also a big series this week, a three-game set in New York against the New York Mets. Yeah, you've got to face uh, Stroman, Syndergaard, and DeGrom. And for the Cubs, they go in uh, what looks like, because the Cardinals are winning right now, they're going to be three games back of the Cardinals going into a huge series against the Mets. And then you're going to have even more uh, a, a, a bigger series than that as the Brewers come into town. And probably, you know, I'm telling you, the Brewers, they may be out of this. Not not out of this mathematically, but maybe emotionally they might be out of this. You don't think that they're going to want to play, play spoilers to the Cubs? You don't think that they're going to want to come into Wrigley, sweep the Cubs, take two out of three from the Cubs, and bury them even further in the division? They absolutely want to. That's a rivalry. Well, I don't know if any team in the National League Central is out of it at this point with the three of them, uh, the Brewers and the Cubs, and then following the, the Cardinals right now. It's a 8-1 to one ball game in the second right now up in Milwaukee, <laughs> Cardinals and Brewers. So, Abdallah, you started off by saying, yeah, if the, the Cardinals go on to win, the Cubs will be sitting back three back of the Cardinals heading into this three-game set against the New York Mets, and the Mets have been hot as well. Uh, so that's where you have the Chicago Cubs, and that's where we start tonight. The Chicago Cubs heading to New York for this series against the Mets. How about Joe Madden yesterday? After the game, he reacted to the loss in 11 innings, a tough loss to the Nationals on Sunday. The big difference was they weren't, they weren't chasing out of the zone, and we were. That's the difference in the series primarily. Uh, give them credit. <clears throat> I mean, our bullpen really fought hard. Ciszek and... Um, Chatwood were not supposed to pitch today at all, but it got to the point where we started asking for volunteers right about the eighth inning, <clears throat> knowing that it could eventually become an extra inning game. So give those guys a lot of credit. They came in today knowing, thinking they were not going to pitch, and then they were pressed in the service. I thought we played really well on defense. We made some tremendous plays today, outstanding plays. Um, Cole, Cole Hamill stuck, hung in there really well. Also, we did a lot of good things, um, and so did they. So they deserved to win. They beat us straight up. 
And again, the biggest difference to me is just the the uh, the organization of strike zone or not. That's it. That's the difference. So that's Joe Madden yesterday talking after the loss. The Cubs lose in 11, 7 to 5, but you get blown out on Friday, 9 to 3. You get blown out on Saturday, 7 to 2. Close ball game yesterday, but you don't have enough in the end to win. Chatwood with the wild pitch, and you see the Nationals take the lead in the 11th, and they go on to victory. You know, it, it, it's got to be uh, an unsettling feeling for Cub fans sitting here, staring a road trip uh, in the uh, face here the next three games against the Mets. And then, like you were talking about, the Brewer series this weekend, this is a tough week for the Chicago Cubs. Now, we've seen throughout this season going up and down, wins and losses, good at home, bad on the road. We've seen it all from this team. But I wonder how Cub fans are feeling right now, taking a look at the way they performed this weekend. You got blown out in two games against a better team in the National League. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Mets and the, the Brewers for this week. It, it, it seems like this could be a turning point of many that we've seen throughout points of the, the season for the Chicago Cubs. But this could be a turning point where we really find out whether or not this team is going to hang around get a chance at winning the National League Central, or if this is when they kind of start to fade here in the summer. Well, we won't know anything more about Anthony Rizzo until tomorrow. He's supposed to join uh, David Kaplan uh, weekdays, 9 to noon here on ESPN 1000. He's supposed to join him tomorrow, so maybe we'll get an update from Anthony Rizzo himself on his back. But you look at guys are struggling. Chris Bryant has been... He's got everybody. We've been talking about it all season, how he's got, oh, he's got the same numbers from when he won an MVP. The problem is everybody else is doing better than him. You've got Anthony Rizzo who's hurt. Jason Hayward is struggling. Kyle Schwarber is struggling. Javier Baez hasn't had a home run in his last 15 games, and he's posting a 493 OPS. And Sahad of Sharma on The Athletic wrote a great thing about the offense and its struggles recently and what the Cubs are going through right now and how much their offense has regressed uh, so far. This is a team. The problem, Chris, is this is a team traditionally under Joe Madden that has had most of their success in the second half of the season, right? This is a team that when we when the team went to the All-Star break, we were talking about how, look, don't worry, it's only the All-Star break. When Joe Madden's teams, I don't care how they perform all year, but traditionally out of that All-Star break, they're phenomenal. He has got he's over like 50 or something some of the games over 500 as his time as a as Cubs manager after the All-Star break, those last three months of the season. Now, we haven't seen that so far. You know, they get swept by the Nationals. You know, you, you, you have a, a good uh, series against two teams that aren't playing well. You take two out of three from Pittsburgh. You sweep the Giants. Both teams are struggling right now. And then the Nationals, who are hot, and are, have a chance to win a World Series this year, come in and make you look like one of the worst teams in baseball. You only manage five runs the first game. You only manage or the first two games, and then you kind of compete in the third game and end up losing. But ultimately, it's a matter of this offense. And right now, they're not clicking. Nothing is going right. Wilson Contreras is hurt. You've got Javi Baez, like I mentioned, that is struggling. Nothing is going right for this team. The starting pitching was hot for a while, but the bats were, were not. Then the bats get hot. Then the starting pitching's not there. The bullpen has been inconsistent the entire season. It's, there's nobody in that bullpen. Basically, you can count on on this point. And that's been the story so far this year. And it, right now, they look like a team that they've, the same team that they've looked like all season. A team that you can't count on the bullpen. The struggles on offense have continued from last season. And guys can't stay healthy right now. Anthony Rizzo's got the nagging back problem. And the starting pitching, for the most part, this stretch here has been okay. 
but some of it now is starting to get inconsistent again. Let's not forget the way last season ended. The story of this team heading into the second uh, half and then the stretch run last season was the offense broke. Mm -hmm. Theo Epstein told us that in October and in November and in spring training, and he's told us many times the offense was the problem last year because it broke, and that's why... This team didn't do what we thought they could do last season. Chris Block and I'm Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Joe Madden looks ahead at the Mets series this week. It's going to be very interesting. They got decent pitching, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have to rise to the occasion. Uh, we're going to see three really good pitchers there and a team that's really uh, come from a long ways back to be in the position that they are, giving them credit also. But there's there's no there's no layups in this, in this game, so... Uh, uh, tough loss today. Loved our attitude. I loved the way we played. We just came up short at the end. But uh, we did do a lot of things well today. They just beat us. Joe Madden, is there more weight to this Mets series after you got swept over the weekend from the Nationals? Is there more to this series in New York on the road against a hot Mets team? I really try to avoid that. I really try to make sure that we t- treat every game with the same weight. I mean, that's something I always preach. Um, we just, we just offensively have not risen to the occasion. That's it. Otherwise, like I said, I thought we played really well. Um, Gravity-wise, I mean, I'm not there yet. I, I just want us to take a day off, go to New York, and, and who do we face the first night? Stroman, that's right. So just focus on that and then move it from there. That's the only thing you can do. If you start uh, utilizing different thought process and start weighing things um, – especially right now, it's going to work against you almost every time. And I, I really sincerely avoid that. That's Joe Madden yesterday after the game, after the Cubs lose in 11. Chris Black and I'm Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Over the course of the last three months, since June 1st, the Cardinals are 43-30. and 30. The Nationals, since June 1st, are 49-24. and 24. The best in the National League outside of the top two, the Braves and the Dodgers. But the Nationals are right there. The Cubs are 38-37 and 37 since June 1st. That's an average 500 ball club. They're 500. Since June 1st, yeah. you are 38-37. and 37. The mm-hmm. Brewers in that time frame, they're 35-37. and 37. The Phillies, who are in the race as well, 34-38 and 38 since June 1st. The Cardinals, though, since June 1st, 43-30. and 30. And the Cubs, 38 and 37. Mm-hmm. 13 games above 500 for the Cardinals. And that's a team that the Cubs used to be. They, not, they didn't used to be this team that's 25 and 39 on the road, where the Cardinals are 31 and 34 on the road. The Cardinals have found ways to win at home. The teams are about the same. The, the Cardinals are, tw- are 40 and 24 at home. The Cubs are 44 and 22 at home. So the difference is these road games. If the Cubs could find ways to win on the road so far this season, then it'd be a completely different story. They might not be two and a half, what's soon to be three games back of the Cardinals going into a tough series against the Mets, which, you know, the beginning of the season, halfway through the season, didn't look like it was going to be tough. It looked like it was going to be an easy series. You just want to maintain, you know, this three game. You want to, you don't want it to get worse than three games because you still have seven games against the Cardinals. you got four at home and three on the road to end the season. So you've got seven games where you can kind of control your own destiny. If you're only two back, if you're one back, if you're tied, as long as you beat the Cardinals, if you can take care of business against them, you can still win this division and get a spot in the playoffs. It's just a matter of, look, are the road woes going to rear their head at the end of the season if this if they're tied going into that last series? Do you think the Chicago Cubs will make the playoffs? In case you missed it from earlier today, if you're listening to ESPN 1000 at 927 Central Time this morning, 
David Kaplan said this. And I'm going to be very honest with you. Fans, Patrick, Danny, Chris, and I've been saying this for a while, and I'm going to say it crystal clear. This is not a playoff team. Let me repeat that. This is not a playoff team. That's David Kaplan. You can hear him 9 to noon every day right here on ESPN 1000. Cap saying that the Cubs are not a playoff team as of today. Since June 1st, the Cubs are 38 and 37. We know that they're great at home. They are terrible on the road. They are setting off for a three-game set against the Mets starting tomorrow night. But they just got swept at home. Three games to a better ball club, the Nationals, here at home. The games that they're supposed to stack, wins that they're supposed to get before they go on the road. And so I ask you, are the Cubs going to make the playoffs? If we take a look at this team heading towards the playoffs, to me, when you look at it, you got four series at home left. You have five series on the road. The math tells me from what we've seen, the large sample size of the season to this point, is that I would, if I were a betting person, I would bet on the idea that they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Like if we were just looking at it at sheer numbers, forget that what you've seen in the past from this group. Forget the bounce back factor we've seen from Joe Madden teams at the end of seasons. Forget what you have seen to know to love of this Cubs team. Chris Bryant, Rizzo, uh, Javi Baez, and if you get a Contreras back. If you look at the numbers, they're bad on the road, and they have more road games, so they're probably not going to make the playoffs the way they're, they've been playing this season. If you go to Fangraphs, uh, the Cardinals have a 73.9% chance to make the playoffs. The Cubs have a 66.5%. This is the first day that I can remember going to the projected standings and the projections for the playoffs and seeing the Cubs not the favorite in the division. It kind of caught me off guard that it would be, but I guess they are two and a half back. They could be three back by the end of tonight. So you look at that and they do the math. They figure they've got more road games, like you mentioned, than they do at home. You know, and you still face the Cardinals three, uh, seven more times this series. They figure the Cardinals are a better ball club right now. They're playing better baseball right now. Who knows when Wilson Contreras is going to be back from his injury? How long Anthony Rizzo is going to be back, uh, going to be out with his injury? And you factor all that in, and right now, the Cardinals are a better team. If you go to uh, Baseball Prospectus, uh, their Pakoda projections, uh, they, they update throughout the season. Mm-hmm. So what they do now is instead of having the 162 total, they project out how a team will play the remaining games, right? So they have the Cubs finishing the year 17 wins, 15 losses, but they have the Cardinals at 18 and 15. So if that holds up, if Pakoda's projection is right for the Cubs for the rest of the season, then the Cubs won't catch the Cardinals at this point. If the Cardinals win tonight and the three back, that's not enough to make up the ground to, to win the division. And you're not going to probably make the wild card in, the, in that type of fashion either. Based on the Mets, their Pakota projections are 18 and 14 right now. Uh, and, and what you have, you, even the Phillies, 18 and 15 for the rest of the season. So, you know, it, it's interesting. And if you go back to spring training, Pakota projected maybe not that the, the Cubs would be an 80 win ball club. But at first, they had them at the 84 range, which is kind of what we're staring dead right in the face as we head down the stretch run here. If I had to wager on it, I would say that the Cubs are going to not make the playoffs just based on how many road games they have and how many games they have against the Cardinals. You know, the, 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 the questions will then turn to who's going to replace Joe Madden 
does someone do you need to shake things up? Will that be enough to, of a shake up for the Cubs, or will you need to move guys like a Chris Bryant? Will Javi Baez be moved? Will Kyle Schwarber be moved? What do you do about the bullpen? How do you rebuild this bullpen? Will there be money, Chris, in the banana stand if you need it? Will that be the case? There's going to be. This is going to be one of the. I don't want to say tumultuous, but one of the biggest question mark off seasons going with Theo and Jed going into this offseason. And one of the biggest question marks for the Cubs. Who do they get to be their manager? Do they spend on a manager? Do they go with a guy who hasn't managed yet and go with the cheap option that a lot of baseball clubs that have won the World Series and have had success are going with? And they can just run the metric that they want to for lineups and then have a manager there who's just kind of there as not really like a figurehead, but just to make like some in-game decisions. It's going to be a crazy offseason for them. Well, especially if you don't make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, and, and also consider the context that we're viewing this in. Uh, we are viewing this in the context of a team in 2016 that won a championship. And we were sold this idea that there would be a long championship window to collect titles. Maybe not every year, but you would be in contention. And the, the thing from my vantage point that I see is that it seems as if that is starting to slip away. And, and I, wonder if that, I wonder if that is a... Um, a problem with us here in Chicago and the way we view teams after a championship. You know, the years after a championship are hard. Um, and I don't know if we really know how to act. Because if you look at the two marquee titles in town throughout the history of this great city and sports uh, obsession that we have here in Chicago, we have the 85 Bears, which were a one-and-done team, mm-hmm. basically. I mean, I get it. They made playoff runs after, but it was a one-and-done so deal. the Cubs. Uh, the story of greatness... And they were so great, the 85 Bears, but it is also a story of wasted opportunity. And then we have the Jordan Bulls, six championships, complete domination, only to be beaten from within. No one knocked the Bulls off, right? And then you also look at other teams like the White Sox. Yeah, but they were never considered the best at what they were doing. They were best for one season, but they were never like elite, great, right? Um, you look at the Hawks, three titles in six years. That that run has now kind of faded as well. Um, but it's really the 85 Bears and the Jordan Bulls have showed us that championships sometimes are on a totally different level. Historic levels, all-time great levels. And when you look at 2016, the Chicago Cubs reached that level. Best offense, best defense, best pitching team in baseball. 100 year, 108 years defeated all by a group of young players coming up together that we are projecting all of them to become stars, right? A young group of players rising together. It made for the perfect story in 2016. Then 2017, you lose in the NLCS. 2018, you lose in the wildcard game. And now, in 2019, we are now asking whether or not this team has enough to make a run to get to the playoffs, or if they won't make the playoffs at all, or if they will just start to fade away as time moves on. And, you know, it, it, I look at the 85 Bears and the Jordan Bulls, and that's not really what sports is. You know, like here in the city, they were the, the crown moments of sports in this city because we can view them as all-time greats, mm-hmm. right? But maybe it's not really how sports looks when you look, talk about champions. You know, Boston, they, they won four titles in the last 15 years with the Boston Red Sox. That's not every year. Or maybe it's like San Francisco. They won three and six, the Giants. You know, maybe it's just kind of get in and see what happens. You can't guarantee a team in 2016 that was the best will ever be the best again. 
And the thing that I look at with this 2016 Chicago Cubs team is that this year marks 33 years since the Bears won a Super Bowl. And in 30 years, what will we talk about with this Cubs team from 2016? Will they have been a one-hit wonder or a team with a championship window that just was never what we ever expected them to be when it all happened in 2015 into 16, winning the championship? Like, they'll clearly never be that dynasty. Well, here's here's the difference. That's pretty obvious now. Now they're fighting for... Get into the playoffs, keep this thing alive, and let's mm-hmm. see if we can get lucky. I'm not saying that they're going to be like the 05 White Sox because that team didn't make the playoffs the next year. You know, like the Cubs have made the playoffs, they've made runs. Well, the right. problem that's why, is That's why I kind of kept them out of the conversation. The, but the problem is, I look at teams like the Braves, Chris. I look at teams like the Nationals. I look at teams like the Dodgers, who have 86 wins already. They're 20 games up in their division already. And then if you go to the American League, I look at teams like the Yankees. The Astros, now the Twins have 79 wins, you know? And I look at that and I say, is the window closed? Is the window already closed? Because here's what's going to happen. The offseason is going to get here. And let's say this team doesn't make the playoffs. Joe Madden is out. The savior, besides Theo and Jed, the managerial savior, the guy you found a loophole to get. If he leaves the team, if and you can find a way to get him, right? Then... You get all these guys like you mentioned, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Schwarber, Wilson Contreras, the new, quote, new faces of baseball, right? The new faces, Javier Baez, the youth and the excitement in baseball, Chris Bryant, the baby face, coming up and, and winning an MVP after winning Rookie of the Year, right? The problem is no one got better. They just kind of stayed the same. And what you're going to have to do is... You're going to have to trade some of those guys. You're going to have to trade Chris Bryant, maybe. You're going to have to trade Javi Baez, maybe. You might have to trade Kyle Schwarber. I'm not saying you're going to trade all three of them, but someone's going to be moved in this offseason. And what are they going to do with those with that move? They're going to want prospects back. You're not going to trade talent for, for major league talent. So then, you're going to, so then what? You're rebuilding again? Are you going to spend money on any high-priced free agents? There are none. No, Everybody signs. There's no more high-priced free agents. There's no Bryce Harpers out there. There's no Manny Machados. You know why? Because they already signed. And everybody's signing with their teams early, so they never reach free agency. That's Adam Abdallah. I'm Chris Black. If you want to join the conversation, 312-332-3776. Pete on the Edens called us up. Pete, what do you think of the Cubs heading towards the playoffs? Do you think they can make it? No, they won't. And I didn't think that they would at the beginning of the year, even when that projection came out. And they were talking, whoever the you know the the computer projections were, that they would be 500 or less. I, I think that they're just at the end of this run, and you combine guys who didn't perform like you expected and bad choices. I can give an example. Uh, in I love Kyle Schwarber, I really do. Uh, but my understanding, and I've been watching baseball for like 40 some odd years. Isn't your leadoff guy the guy who gets a base hit and then steals a base? I'd be interested to know, A, how many bases Kyle Schwarber has stolen this year, and B, how many times he's stolen a base when he let off in that first inning or any of that stuff. I just, that Joe Baden is too cute in many respects, and even when the Cubs were dominant in 2016, they were nowhere near the Jordan Bulls or the 85 Bears. They came back from 3-1 and needed a luck and rain delay to not blow it. 
So I'll let you guys do the talking, and I wish the Cubs were making the playoffs, but they're not. They're just not. Thank Thank you, you. Pete. We appreciate the phone call. Let's go to Anthony listening on the ESPN app in San Diego. Anthony, what do you think of this Cubs team trying to make the playoffs? Well, um, like the last caller, I really don't think they will make it. Unfortunately, you know, I became a fan really around 82. I was a teenager, watched the 84 team. So I've been watching a long time. I'm a diehard fan. But I seriously have given up watching this team. Uh, and I mean a few months ago. Uh, I'll catch the highlights in the evening, but I just I cannot stand watching them just strike out, go out of the, Why are they chasing out of the zone? Madden finally said it. Why are they doing it? I've been complaining about this for a year and a half. They get themselves out. And meanwhile, I'm watching the other side, the other team. They make our pitchers get them out. You know, you see what I'm saying? And it's so frustrating. I don't understand why you can't just say, okay, look at this. We're doing this. Let's stop doing that. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Anthony. Here's Joe Madden yesterday talking about how the Nationals put the ball in play. Yeah, I mean, that's they, they do, and they don't. Um, they just don't chase. I mean, they they got a bunch of guys. You look at their on-base over their batting averages, and it's, it's normally significant. Um, and they got some veteran hitters in there, of course, too, and, you know, bully for them. But that would be – that's what we need to be able to accomplish, that we're going to force people into the strike zone. And when you do, that's what that's what happens. You know, getting swept by a good Nationals team and seeing them outplay you for an entire weekend, it seems like Joe Madden was quite annoyed at the way his team has an approach at the plate. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Coming up next, we talk with Tony Andraki, NBC Sports Chicago Cubs reporter. We'll discuss this Cubs team. Will they make the playoffs? That's next. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Fly ball to right. This should do it. Para is capped, and the Nationals do engineer the sweep. The final score in 11 innings, Washington 7, and the Cubs 5. Yo, it's time for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. And I know yesterday, in 11 innings, the Nationals win a close ball game, but this weekend wasn't really close. The Washington Nationals, a much better baseball team than the Chicago Cubs. I'm Chris Black. That's Adam Abdallah here singing for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You know, Abdallah, like when you look back at the weekend, it's a really bad weekend, which they can erase with this three-game set against the Mets if the Cubs go out and play well, take two of three. But if things start to slip away here, it's not going to be good as the stretch run uh, takes place, takes shape for the Cubs. You you remember last year we looked at that series when they went on the road against the Reds and got swept? Yeah. I have a feeling that that, that this is going to be the remember when the Nationals came in and took three from, from the Cubs at home. And we'll remember that as being... Well, maybe the last time they were in first place. I, I think the thing that was most annoying last year was the complaining about having to go back to Washington for that makeup game. We're so tired. So they better not be tired tomorrow night against the Mets because you had a day off the flight. They've to New had York. like eight days off yeah, this month. Uh, Chris Buck and Adam Abdallah, we talk now with Tony Andraki from NBC Sports Chicago, Cubs reporter. You can follow him on Twitter at TonyAndraki23. Tony, it's Chris and Adam this evening. How's it going? And what did you think of the Cubs weekend? Losing three to the Nationals. Yeah, it was uh, pretty much a nightmare weekend for the Cubs in so many ways. I mean, like you mentioned, they fell out of first. Um, but, I mean, it also just illustrates the major difference in 
lineups between the Nationals and the Cubs. You know, it, Nationals put the ball in play. They didn't chase out of the zone. They scored on non-homers and uh, the exact opposite, basically, for the Cubs all weekend. You look at Javier Baez and his recent struggles. He hasn't had a home run in 15 games. What's been his biggest problem at the plate? Uh, that's really interesting because he's actually making more contact than he has all year for the most part. Um, but he's just not hitting the ball hard. I mean, there's just a lot of like kind of weak grounders and weak contact that you wouldn't expect. Uh, so it, it is a little odd. I mean, normally when Javi struggles, it's because he's chasing out of the zone way too much and uh, he's getting himself out. And he is doing that, but like he's not striking out a ton still. I mean, I think he only has like 14 strikeouts in his last 17 games or so. So, uh, you know, it, it's just a different slump for Javi. Tony Andraki from NBC Sports Chicago joining Chris Black and Am Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. On Friday, John Lester was not good at all. Uh, what do you make of the way John Lester has pitched in the last month? And is this now what we're starting to see? The, the ace of the staff starting to lose it going forward? Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, he is 35 years old, so uh, it, it's at this point, it is tough to, to call Lester still the ace. I mean, the way Hendricks has pitched, the way Darvish has pitched the last couple of months, uh, Quintana has been the rock. I mean, it, I don't know who is the ace of the Cubs staff right now. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, over the last month or so, it, it's been hard to say that Lester is that. Um, you know, I still think he'll be able to adjust. I mean, that was quite a bit of bad luck for him in that outing. I mean, you know, every you give him nine hits, but eight of the nine hits were singles, and a lot of those were off guys' gloves and, you know, ground balls that just barely got in the outfield. And uh, and then a bump base hit from the pitcher, too, which is, you know, another uh, miserable uh, outcome for the Cubs over the weekend. But, yeah, you know, it, there's an element of bad luck, but there's also Lester just isn't missing bats the way that he needs to right now. You mentioned you, Darvish. He gets the ball tomorrow against Marcus Stroman. What's been the biggest difference for him in the last few, uh, few games as he's been more successful? He... We've talked about it all year, and I know the Cubs and Madden have, has as well, but he's just so much more like confident and, and comfortable in himself. I mean, you know, I was talking to pitching coach Tommy Hadovy, and, and Madden mentioned it too. His last outing against the Giants, he just he decided he wanted to throw knuckle curves, so he threw it in warm-ups and then took it out to the mound for the first time in a game this season. He hadn't thrown a knuckle curve yet this year, and, you know, the results because he gave up four homers weren't great. But he just he feels so much more comfortable and confident. He's not pressing. You know, there's a lot of uh, – it, it just looks like a totally different U Darvish. But it's nice when you, you can manipulate the ball the way he does. I mean, he's got a slider, two different types of curveballs, two different types of fastballs, a cutter, a split finger. There's just so many different things that he can do to, to keep hitters off balance. Tony Andraki with Chris Black and Am Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. One of the storylines we've followed throughout the summer is that Chris Bryant is having a good year, if not a great year for, for his standards. But when we look across the rest of the National League, there are many players who have passed him up as far as the MVP conversation. Uh, what have you seen, Tony, with Chris Bryant, and why has his numbers offensively not exploded to the extent that some others in baseball with this launch angle era that we're living in, with all the numbers jumping that we've seen this summer, all the home runs, why are Chris Bryant's numbers just resembled of what we saw in 2016 a couple of years ago? Yeah, I mean, honestly, almost every club is they have uh, very similar stat lines for the rest of their career, even despite this you know, the year of the home run or the juice ball error or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it is an approach. I mean, Brian has always 
Um, he's always tried to hit the ball in the air for sure. So it's not like he's been doing anything different over the last couple of years of the launch England revolution. Um, you know, for him, I think it's just a matter of uh, he has such excellent plate coverage. Um, but, you know, he's working on every part of his game. He Last year, before he got hurt, there was a huge push for him to go the other way. And, you know, that's still carried over into this year and stuff. Um, but, yeah, you know, with the homers, it, it is a little interesting that that's not always happening for the Cubs. I mean, Rizzo hit, what, two homers in about a two-month span. And, um, you know, like you mentioned, Bryant uh, probably going to be in the 30, 32 homer range this year. So it's a little interesting that, you know, in the juice ball era, everybody else's homers are up, and then the Cubs are just kind of at their career norm. Put yourself in Joe Madden's shoes, aside from from Craig Kimbrell. Let's say there's a tight game in the seventh or eighth inning. Who are, who do you trust the most in the bullpen right now? I think Steve Cishek has looked really good coming back from his hip injury. Uh, he definitely needed a break, um, but it, you know he kept his arm moving throughout that whole time. He was just trying to make sure his lower half was kind of firing the way it's supposed to, which, by all accounts, it, it looks like it has that ten day IL stint helped. Um, Kinsler still looks really good and. You know, uh, Rowan Wick and Kyle Ryan have had a couple rough outings over the last week or so, but I think both of those guys, the stuff they have, the deception that Kyle Ryan has against both lefties and righties. Uh, so, I mean, I think there's a case to be made that the Cubs have five-plus relievers, um, but, you know, the thing that hurts, too, is not having Pedro Strope the way they've had him for the last, like, five and a half, six seasons. Uh, you, you kind of always count on Strope whenever – whenever he's been around, whenever he's been healthy, and they haven't been able to put him in high-leverage situations, and that's certainly hurt. So if somehow he, Shrope, can turn the corner here in the next month, I just think that'd be huge for the Cubs bullpen. Tony Andraki talking with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So the Cubs are off tonight. The Cardinals and the Brewers are playing up in Milwaukee, and that's where you are at right now, Tony. What's the latest in this game? What's going on between the Cardinals and the Brewers? Uh, Cubs fans would not want to check the score. I'll tell you that much. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, the Cardinals are up nine-one. They they scored eight runs before there was even a second out in the second inning. So uh, it looks like the Cardinals are going to be up four games on the Cubs. Or sorry, three games on the Cubs by the end of tonight. Do you think they hold on to that lead the rest of the way through? Uh, it's a really interesting question. I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a lot of bats on St. Louis's lineup that need to get hot. Still, I mean, Matt Carpenter is had a really terrible year and Paul Goldschmidt has not had the year that anybody's expected him to even Dexter Fowler there, you know, there's still probably more left in the tank. So um, they're pitching out of their minds right now. The, the Cardinals have just been pitching so well, particularly their starters. Um, but yeah, you know, maybe their pitching comes back to earth a bit, but then the offense picks up. It, it is possible that the Cardinals kind of run away with this division here, but really it, it, I still think the ball's in the Cubs court. I mean, they still get seven games against the Cardinals, uh, four of which are at Wrigley. So they have an opportunity to, the Cubs do, to take control of this division if they want it and if they can somehow find consistency. Thank you, Tony. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, guys. That's Tony Andraki from NBC Sports Chicago, their Cubs reporter. You can follow him on Twitter at TonyAndraki23. So, yeah, the Cardinals are up big tonight on the Brewers, and if they win tonight, they will go three games up, and we know how this works for the Cubs. They're going on the road against the Mets. They're not good on the road at all. So I think it would be a surprise if the Cubs take two of three, right? If they get one win, I think that's good. If you get swept, that's really bad. If you get two, that's great. 
If you win the series, boom, you're right back in the thick of this, right? I know it's only three games. There's still a month of baseball left. It's still early. Uh, but so you've it's got. It's always early. It's always no, early. Come it's on. always I mean, early. Listen, it's, man. It's always listen, early. With, with until these, it's too late. With Cub fans and this thing and the excuses that people it's, make. It's, it's always, always early, early right? until it's too late. Until Chris. you're eliminated. Until it's too late. Black and Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood. Um, I have a story for you from over the weekend, Abdallah, where I completely understand why young people are cord cutters. I'll tell you that story coming up next. Buck and Abdallah in for Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Buck and Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood tonight. We'll talk with Dan Rubenstein in about 20 minutes right here on ESPN 1000. Some college football conversation coming up in 20 minutes right here on ESPN 1000. Abdallah, I moved back in June, mm-hmm. and like the process of moving never ends. Mm-hmm. And now I understand why millennials and young people are just cord cutting because these companies are ridiculous. You can't trust anyone because every company in the world nowadays just takes advantage of people until you call their yeah. shot. Yeah, I know this. I know what you're going to say. Okay, so uh, Friday night we were here. We hosted till 9 o'clock, and I get on the bus on my way home. And on the bus, all of a sudden, I get an alert for my credit card. And you know how it flashes the update? Like, if you buy something, it will mm-hmm. show you that you just purchased that? Yeah. It, it flashes. And I'll, I'll protect the innocent, the uh, cable company that... Uh, There's only one. I'm about to. No, this is actually a rogue one that I don't think many people have. Oh, so, okay. so, But I'm not okay. going to do that because I don't... Listen, with their, most of them are bad. Um, so it flashes... On my phone, flashes that I was just charged on Friday night... $716 from Ooh. my former cable company Ooh. that I broke up with in June. Ooh. Did you forget to return the remote or something? False. Did you keep an I, HDMI cable? Nope. I did everything by the book. So so Saturday, I sit on hold for two hours on Saturday Ooh. afternoon. Ooh. You know why? Because the cable companies Ooh. don't have an actual number that you can actually get through to a person. Why would they do you that? You just sit on hold waiting for someone to eventually pick up for you forever so i decided to do this and my wife actually told me to do this and it was a good idea she said email the the email because you know how they follow up with an email saying that they charge your credit card Mm -hmm. she's like email that email address and tell them that you've done everything right so i write them an email i said hello my name is this and here's my account on friday night you charged me 716 from this company you know i'll leave them out I canceled my account back in June and was sent a, a shipping label with the return equipment, and I did that. I have my receipt from UPS, the tracking information that shows the package was delivered on August 12th at 11.30 a.m. I need this charge to be reversed as soon as possible due to the fact that the equipment was returned. I've attached screenshots to the email of the invoice you charged me, the UPS receipt, the tracking information from UPS, and if I don't hear back with you uh, from within two business days, I will dispute this charge on my credit card. Uh, thank you. You can reach me directly at my phone number. Have a great day. And I have the screenshots right there. They emailed me back first thing this morning. We've reversed the charge. Thank you. So, so you're telling me that the whole scheme by the company is if we just charge people that we didn't get the equipment until they call our bluff, we're going to charge them seven hundred and sixteen dollars mm-hmm. for cable equipment, two junk boxes that barely worked in the first place that on street value is probably worth 30 bucks. You're going to charge me seven hundred sixteen dollars. So if I didn't write that email or sat on hold for however long until someone would finally pick up 
that they're just going to they just charge people and then hoping that people don't challenge them. You do realize that you did this when we lived together. We used to live together. You got a parking ticket and I said they gave you a false parking ticket. You should go dispute it. And you were like, no, I'll just pay it. Because there are people like you that just pay for things, much like there are other people that would just be like, yeah, they're right. It, the so cable company's what, right. But why, what is this idea of taking advantage of everyone until they call your bluff? Mm-hmm. That's why you dispute all your parking tickets. You know, I actually just got one so go at a location it. that I was not driving near whatsoever. So go dispute it. Don't well, just pay. I, it. What's wrong with I, you? I actually paid it online. Oh my god! What is wrong with you? We talk college football next. Buck and Abdallah in for Jonathan Hood. Oh, what?